I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. for episode 71 of digital divination happy thanksgiving jason i haven't seen you since uh, a couple weeks that's true that they went by very fast i feel <laughs> yes it does it does yeah yeah did you do anything special uh you mentioned Nothing. what you were gonna do did you actually do that um i think so what did i, <laughs> did I remember what i said um i did run a uh, one shot was that before no we're gonna play one shot thanksgiving themed one shot oh no did i mention no. that that's not what you mentioned so what'd you what do the heck did i mention uh we played a thing i mean the wednesday before we played it we were uh, like a what we do in the shadows style uh mm -hmm. thanksgiving themed one shot where we were vampires oh nice weird yeah, vampires no, yeah i think that was that was different um you'd mentioned um Going in game, oh, I forgot what it was. Animal Crossing in game, I think. And oh. something. Yeah, that's like for that? ha Halloween. Oh, that was Halloween. Yeah, that oh. was for Halloween. We, okay. yeah, yeah, you dressed, dressed up. up that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you didn't say anything about Thanksgiving. All right. <laughs> no, I said okay. Shoot, I I thought I'd forgotten yeah. something. No, no, no. Like I yeah, talked I'm, about it. Uh, fall holidays all run together for me. So you know. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, well, good. That sounds pretty exciting. What what uh, system do you use for that? Uh, there's actually a, uh, this tiny indie game called Vampires Suck at Shopping. <laughs> it, oh, that sounds awesome! It's pretty good. It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's like a it's like pamphlet sized game. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. not very very much going on, and we all yeah. play different weird vampires. This is actually like we played one. We played these characters, gosh, last year around Halloween. Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. the first time and then we're just like now you know what's happened since then and you all ac you've accidentally agreed to host thanksgiving potluck dinner at your weird house right, what happens right, right, yeah right. that kind of stuff yeah wow that is that is sounds like a lot of fun that, that it was sounds fun it's great yeah. I, I, we had a more traditional thing we had family over mm -hmm. um so both my kids are over and also mm -hmm. uh, scott kime is now we have this tradition where I invited him over like, I think four or five years ago and he's come okay. every Thanksgiving since. So now it's like, well, it's four years <laughs> sure. in a row. I guess it's a tradition. We have to have him over. Um, but his family is, you know, back in Ohio. So he usually mm. doesn't uh, get anywhere for Thanksgiving and he lives pretty close to me. So that's good. That's nice. Have him over. Yeah. And then yeah. I just, we kind of sit around, I watch football and, we go through multiple courses of dessert and then, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's about it. But, uh, my daughter then after Thanksgiving, so not, not Thanksgiving, you know, Saturday. So yesterday she mm -hmm. ran the Seattle half marathon. Ooh. Um, so we went down to drop her off and cheer her on and well, they start at seven in the morning. So we had to get up at mm. five 30 to get there by six 30. And, uh, you know, it's not even light yet and they're starting the race yeah. and it's, but it didn't rain. If it rained, I wasn't going to go. <laughs> so that, <laughs> That's fair. That That's was fair. it. 
but it was good. It was good. We had never, she's, she's done a couple of these in person and a whole bunch virtually during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We hadn't gone. So we thought we'd go. And so it was kind of it's a, good. kind of a neat thing. And now I'm just kind of recovering a bit and uh, sure. Monday I got to get back and start doing some work. So, yeah, 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 tomorrow's more more work. I've never run a marathon, but the closest I've come is uh, letting someone use my name uh, to sign up for the New York Marathon. Uh, and but but I had to go pick up the packet <laughs> myself because I had to give them my ID and show them. Yes, oh. that's I'm I'm Jason Keeley. Uh, it was um, someone from from Britain who couldn't run the marathon normally because yeah, I don't know if you could if. If you're not yeah. an American citizen, I'm not really sure exactly. I don't quite remember how it works, but uh, I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, you know, <laughs> if, they, if, if they find out that they're going to ban me yeah. from running the marathon ever again, I don't yeah, What do I care yeah. about? So, yeah. Uh, uh, so um, he ran the marathon dressed as Elvis. Nice. I think I, so I know for Boston, I, don't, I, I presume for New York, you have to have a certain time. And maybe if you are a local mm. resident, they, they kind of get you in anyway. I don't. Maybe it's something yeah. like that. He yeah. missed the deadline for signing up or something oh. as a, as a, as a, as a uh, non us citizen. So, or, right. or something like that. Right. It, yeah. Well, very kind. I, I ran one marathon. Ooh, 30 years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. 30. I was just a young pup then. Yeah. And I uh, haven't, haven't run one since though. I got pretty excited, you know, uh, with my daughter running. And so she wants us, my wife, my wife and I to run some 8K this summer and and maybe work up to a half marathon or something. I don't know. Hard to sure, say. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm to the age where it's harder to um, overcome when you pull muscles and and oh, yeah. do those training things. So yeah, yeah, uh, harder to say. Harder to say. But, yeah. Well, well if you do it, good luck. <laughs> well, you'll don't know. hurt yourself. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss like a month because I won't be able to record. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'll be laid up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll have to do these all by myself. Yes, yes. No, no. Hopefully not. All <laughs> right. Uh well. So two weeks ago, we we had uh, an episode where we discussed our top five favorite adventures. And it was kind of mm-hmm. nice. Uh, uh, one of our listeners posted their top five as well, and there was an overlap mm-hmm. from ours of three. Uh, oh, wow. So between the two of ours. So I thought that was kind of cool. And uh, today we're going to talk about our top five playable species. And, uh, you know, I was kind of looking through the Starfinder uh, interstellar species. There and I know. noticed um, it has a bunch of things in it that uh, I, I guess basically species that um, were introduced, but hadn't had a full write up like in other, other yeah. books. It's kind of the, my mm-hmm. takeaway from that. And I'm looking through there and I'm trying to think, man, how am I going to figure out what, you know, what I consider the best? And so I had to get some criteria. And so for me, I decided to, to pare it down to Mm -hmm. the top five playable species that I actually have played in game for some time period, like an extended period. Oftentimes Uh, I'm thinking actually all of these that I picked, I played at least a year and, Mm -hmm. um, some of these I've played uh, for four years or more, so wow. that's kind of my that that's my criteria. I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, uh, did you did you have any criteria for yours? I'm kind of curious. I picked a little bit. Yeah, it was um, just 
playable species that I liked and that I thought maybe had some interesting stories to tell. Or okay. I, yeah, that I have interesting stories to tell about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and 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 you know the intersection of the two of those things. Nice, I like that. Yeah. All right. Um, I think you started last time. Uh, I yes. can go ahead and start. Why don't you start? All right. So um, my number five, and I, I have uh, visuals again. Unfortunately, we Ooh. don't have them for online. And my printer doesn't make them as pretty as I'd like, but we'll see. Mm. So my number five is an SRO. 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 And this is this is a kind of artwork I pulled off online. I don't know who it's attributed to. But this is uh, IG-11 from The Mandalorian, if uh, for those <laughs> sure, who yeah. aren't familiar. And so... Um, one of my more recent characters um, is an SRO. I got a special boon to play it um, well before they were released um, where you can get achievement points to get them. In fact, I don't even know if you can get them via achievement points. But anyway, I got this one earlier uh, from something else. And the reason why I like uh, why this is my number five one is the uh, role playing that I can do with it. And mm-hmm. uh, so my SRO um, is IG. One seven, so not IG eleven. Um, it's actually my seventeenth Starfinder character, so it's IG one seven. Okay. And uh, IG one seven is a former bounty hunter, similar to this, who's now a uh, a mystic, and in, in, in particular, hmm. they're a medical expert, and um, also they're they have training as a uh, as a clinical psychologist, and uh, so <laughs> their big thing is to uh, help people. Um, physically, uh, mentally, and spiritually. And when I play this, um, and I, I was thinking it was going to drive people crazy. So I play this in society play and I use a robotic voice the entire time. Sure. So just kind of a flat, uh, robotic voice. Yeah. So, and, uh, it's, it, so it's a lot of fun. And then I always get to throw in the, the Freudian phrase, um, would you like to talk about your father? you know, type of thing uh, when <laughs> something's going on or try to get into that. So that's, that's my number five. It's uh, again, ones I play and this is one of my more recent ones. I like it a lot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a great juxtaposition always when you have the, a robot who is trying to do the, like the meat space stuff, you know, yes. and you kind of mix yes, it all up exactly. the, the psychological, the physical and the spiritual, yeah. like, uh, you know, in, in a way a robot, has no frame of reference for those things in a lot of ways. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> and you, uh, I mean, um, yeah, some some restraint on your part. Uh, I would have called him IG Seven Eleven, probably, or something like that. Just yeah. did a little. Uh, but you you had a reference. It was yeah. it was a reference yeah. to something that he could see was your seventeenth character. That yes. makes sense, at least, not just some, yeah. some random numbers. Um. Okay. My fifth choice is uh probably not going to be very controversial um it's uh and, and pretty basic uh pretty uh, yusoki mm-hmm. i you know I, I for the most part I, I did think a lot about about what um what playable species exist that maybe don't actually also exist in in pathfinder oh, um yeah. but yusoki rat folk i just love them in general no matter what kind of system you've got going on here and you know our you know starfinders yusoki have the cheek pouches and mm-hmm. Uh, all, uh, some 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 other great abilities some uh just 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 i don't know i just love them um and uh i uh did write the um the backstory for quig uh the iconic uh mechanic 
who is Yusuke with a little robot. And so I guess in a way that's my Yusuke character. <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. 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 I, I don't have anything that good. So <laughs> uh, you've got your right. uh, four, you know, five characters you've played for more than a year. That's a, that's, that's, your, that's enough. All right. Well, um, my next character is the, uh, or playable species is the witch weird, mm. which mm-hmm. is, uh, a, a four-armed humanoid creature, um, looks similar to, and hangs out with Kasatha quite a bit. And this artwork is actually, um, from Jacob Blackman. It's on his, Ooh, yeah. his deviant art page. He did not create this specifically for me, but I really like this art quite a bit. So I sure. like to use it as, um, kind of my, my witch weird when I'm, when I'm mm-hmm. showing it and doing things like that. Um, what I really, and the witch weird was like one of my early characters early on. Um, it was, uh, you could get a boon from playing something. And so it was one of my first extra boons that I could play a, yeah. a non-standard species. So I, I say, hey, I'll go and do this. One of the neat things about uh, the witch weirds is that um, they have the ability to absorb force so mm-hmm. they can yeah. catch uh, magic missiles or force bolts. Yeah. And then they can throw them back. And <laughs> yep. in my particular witch weird, it's interesting. Uh, you know, my SRO was a, was a mystic. So my, one of my latest characters, and this was also a mystic, one of my earlier mystics. And this one happens to be a star shaman, which can also mm. throw so. um, magic missiles, but they call them something else. Shooting stars. Uh, shooting stars. They call them shooting stars. Yeah. And uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. And, the, the neat thing about them is that they get a boost to charisma and intelligence. So, so uh, mm-hmm. they're good at haggling and uh, things like that. And so that's kind of what my Witch Weirds uh, game is all about. So that's my number four. That's pretty cool. There's, I don't know if it'll happen, but we've always had it in the back of, uh, you know, on a page somewhere that trying to really reestablish the connection between Witch Weirds Kasatha and Shobad on mm-hmm. Akaton because they all got forearms and there was going right. to be, I think right, right, w- right. W- the, the idea is, is listed under something called the Forearmed League, which I think <laughs> is vaguely a Sherlock Holmes reference. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, the Redheaded League. Um, and, uh, you know, some there's, prob- there's probably some fodder for adventure and, and history and, and backstory uh, for there, but uh, uh, we'll shall see if uh, that ever gets picked up by anybody. Um, my fourth one is just uh, uh, this one is just another strange one. It's the um, it's the Celamids. Um, that's from Starfinder number five, uh, okay. early on, early days, uh, and uh, this is sort of when we, we that issue pre- uh, has a lot of um, extra playable species in it, sort of a deluge of them, weird planets and stuff like that. But these uh, these the uh, these guys are oozes. They're playable oozes. They're playable. Mm-hmm. Basically, giant proto protozoas, essentially, um, uh, and it's just sort of a, another one of those things that I, I think they look neat uh, and would probably want to play one at one point because it's a that's the kind of character that I, I would play. Um, and I think I don't know if we want to double check this what they do. They do have the ability to kind of like oh, they're not in there, but it's like I was you could picture yourself just storing stuff inside of you, just sort of like you know I'm gonna put a put this gun and snoop it in there and pull it out when time is time is ready. That's two in a row about weird storage species, but uh, I promise that's not a theme. That's just a coincidence. (laughs) Yes. All right. Uh, Okay. So we're up to number three. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is kind of set sentimental for me because it's my my first character. Uh, it's when I started uh, playing Dead Sons with, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I I think it's kind of boring and to some extent, but they've there's some um, alternative uh, uh, racial features that they have with them. I actually mm-hmm. think they're making them pretty cool, but it's uh, it's the android. So this is a picture oh, yeah. of Ice the the um, uh, I, uh, iconic uh, android for Starfinder, and uh, mm-hmm. so my very first, my very first character that I was playing with, um, uh, Bishop Two K Seven, is its name. I, yeah, um, I remember this name. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so there, I, you know, I explained earlier what the, kind of the reference was to it, and I just, I, I kind of like, you know, the android as an operative. It just seems so much you know, kind of built in to, to, to do mm-hmm. well with that, with a, you know, plus two to dexterity, plus two to intelligence, you know, you get a minus on your charisma because of flat affect, who really cares, right? Um, <laughs> now, the, the kind of interesting thing, though, there's an alternative racial treat, uh, trait that you can get um, called a nanite integration that you can take mm-hmm. in place of the extra... Um, slot you call that you the know, armor upgrade slot yeah armor upgrade slot that comes built in and the neat thing about that is there's uh there's three different types so the one i like is the rebooting nanites which allows you like if you get some condition you can mm-hmm. spend a resolve to basically re- re-roll to, to remove it so um so i i think that that makes it pretty cool now in addition some one of the things that came out which i think is really cool is the um uh, the xenometric android. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Right. So basically, rather than having a humanoid form like Isif, you can take on all kinds of different things. And yeah. I haven't done this yet, but I've seen it in play, and I'm thinking, wow, I'd like to combine this with some of my other favorite things. You lose sure, yeah. something from the the base class, but then you kind of gain um, some of the android features. So uh, I, I think that kind of makes for a, a really cool mix. So that's my number three. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, that was in character operations manual, pretty pretty early early ish on. In that, you know, that makes the most sense. We have these androids; they don't have to all be humanoid in a, right. in, a, in, a in a galaxy that has all these other shapes of species, right? And mm-hmm. makes just makes sense. It just makes sense. Um, my number three is the cephalum. Cephalum. Uh, right. Cephalum. I know, right? The cephalum is kind of a fish. I don't know, like a seahorse underwater. Yeah, it's definitely I was underwater. Say it's like a seahorse, yeah. Like a seahorse, but uh, not a horse face. It's just kind of got a, like a right. squid face, kind of like a cross between a seahorse and a squid a little bit. Um, I uh, they live, you know, they live in this weird, not quite ocean. It's more like a, a liquid helium planet mm-hmm. right um and they get cool uh, the ability is to sort of like bond these co- not quite coral but like um symbiotes to them uh that right. let them maybe give them an extra or you know limb essentially or do other things uh uh the cephalum uh species trait sidebar is probably one of the longer ones um mm-hmm. because there's a lot of choices that you can make there uh but uh, uh i picked this because um uh, because of it's basically the it's the origin story of, of what the cephalums are. The cephalums were created uh, at a PisoCon panel when oh, we really? I didn't know went that. to design. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know if it was last time we talked. I was trying to remember the name of an art, a Starfinder artist um, who mm-hmm. was the um, uh, right. guest of honor one time. Uh, uh, their name is Taylor Fisher. 
I remembered it now. Yeah, I remembered it uh, between now and then. Um, but uh, Taylor was also at this. That there was it was the same con. Taylor was at this con, and uh, uh, basically, sort of, we would design. We were, let's design an alien. It was basically it was, and and she was drawing it at the same time. Um, and so it was just sort of like, what is it? What you know? What can it be? And everyone sort of like threw this stuff at it. And we eventually came down to like these, you know fishy squid people who um have these have this bioluminescent skin and that's how they communicate with each other um and we you know i, I think we paid so we picked up the uh the 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 the, the what they're called kirik you know krikiks they're called krikiks the sort of symbiotes that you get to add on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and then eventually we turned it over to to uh a name and uh, you can imagine that, you know, Cepha from Cephalopod and Loom right. from sort of Illumination. Uh, uh, the person who came up with that name uh, was uh, Jessica Redekop, who mm-hmm. uh, since then has sort of become a bit bigger freelancer. And we we, we gave actually this entry for her to write uh, later oh, on. Nice. Um, yeah. And she's the one who sort of basically fleshed out all this other stuff. And uh, at that point, like, I didn't know Jessica that well. I think it, uh, I had maybe played in one paizocon game with her that i was running and you know she was a delight um and so when she was you know just came up with the name with that's a great name and i saw who it was i was like oh great and then you know i was chatting i think i was chatting with joe at the time who was also there um and like well we should you know we need someone we, we want to we, we do what say it's not going to be guaranteed this is going to be anywhere but let's write it up um we're probably going to write it up um and uh i was like oh i think i know i know who that is and this might have i don't know if this was jessica reddick like first assignment ever but it was pretty early on i think in her at least her paizo career paizo freelance mm-hmm. career so that's mm-hmm. why i like mm-hmm. them i think they just they just like the idea that they were sort of created by the community and and uh yeah. hopefully i don't know if, if people enjoy playing them or not but uh uh i think that'd be pretty cool i've never seen one in game i, I don't know yeah if, if it's been a playable race or a playable species is it in interstellar species um, it was first introduced in Alien Archive Three, Cephalon. Right, right. I don't and know if they so... made it into Interstellar yeah. Species. No, I think they did. I think uh-huh. they did because I remember us uh, because they had the longest racial uh, spe- uh, species yeah, trait yeah. sidebar. Um, it is, so... yeah. Page fifty-six. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So there's more <laughs> about them there. Check yeah. them out. Well, I was actually gonna see if they had a bigger picture here to show. Oh wow, this is this is kind of wild. So that's the that's the picture there. Yeah, that's Cephalo. a weird. That's a kind of a weirder picture than they are. Yeah, the, the, the Alien Archive three ones are a little better looking, I think. Yeah, let me see if there's another one. Yeah, on uh, Archives of Nethys, there's a. Oh, this is another interesting one. Is that it? Yeah, that's going to be another one. Yeah, so this is another picture of it right there. Mm. So cool. Yeah, pretty wild. All right. Uh, yeah, you know, we definitely have a different um, approach here. Yours are like really weird ones. and <laughs> I like weird stuff. I know, I know. It kind of fits in. All right, yeah. so my number two, again, this is this is one that's I've played, and I've actually played this one um, through a bunch of the Dawn of Flame Adventure Plath, our actual mm-hmm. play. I jammed um, for the books, and then Ron Lundin jammed right. a book, and then Jake Tondro jammed a book. And so when I was playing i had role of character in um ron was playing scooch who was a yusoki operative and so i basically rolled an operative when i replaced him and i kind of based this on kind of a cross between 
uh, Daredevil and Deadpool. And so this is uh, Murdoch's. This is art from uh, uh, Jacob Blackman. Uh, Murdoch's mm-hmm. is my tiefling oh, yeah. operative. And again, uh, similar to, you know, when you're looking at uh, uh, the Android, the tiefling, you know, plus to dex, plus to intelligence. Um, they get a bonus to bluff and stealth. Um, they get some resistance to uh, what fire, cold, and electricity. Uh, it's got all kinds of stuff. And then that fiendish gloom, uh, which mm. I've used a couple times in uh, in play, especially in when I was doing uh, um, the, the Dawn of Flame book that Ron was running, uh, really helped quite a bit. Now, I know that in Pathfinder 1, Pathfinder 1st Edition, uh, Tieflings were used a lot and were way OP. And, uh, and I think when they were <laughs> sure. introduced in Starfinder, I think they were dialed back a little bit, but they were still pretty strong. I mean, they still have yeah. quite a bit of stuff in them. In addition, subsequent to that, there's uh, alternative uh, racial traits that are actually really pretty good. Uh, that you can substitute mm-hmm. for fiendish gloom and a couple things, but yeah. So Murdoch's, um, I, I enjoy Murdoch's quite a bit. Um, you know, that's why I picked him. Uh, it's not nothing really weird about it, but that's, <laughs> Fair enough. that's my number two. I think uh, you'll want to look forward to. Uh, gosh, I can't remember if it's the first or second um, uh, volume. I think it's the second volume of. No, it's the first volume. It's the first volume of Drift Hackers. Okay. okay. Uh, has uh, a sort of an, a nice article that is um, about planar scions like the Tiefling yeah. and and the Asmar and the the um, f- uh, four or five Geniekin that were introduced oh, through, right, right, throughout right. Dawn of Flame. Yep. And then in that actual volume, we bring the Gonzi up to Starfinder. But then there's right. also a bunch of those alternate traits for... Hmm all these planar scions sort of mixed together. So it's even more uh, for your, for your people who love your tieflings and your SMRs, because Hey, everyone, everyone loves a little, have a little, a little plain, planar blood in their yeah, uh, yeah. ancestry and backstory. Right, moving on to my number two uh, is another weird one. Um, of course <laughs> it is the uh, Vildararo. The Vildararo were also introduced or pretty early-ish on. This is volume eight of the Starfinder Adventure Path, uh, Escape from the Prison Moon, where we mm-hmm. talked a lot about all these Aslanti species. Now, right, in right, the core right. rule book, I think we threw out some gen- some sort of uh, un- undescriptive hooks. Just sort of like if some people are, you know, uh, they the, the Aslanti sort of have conquered a number of other species such as X, Y, and Z. And one of them is sort of this... <sighs> If you ever some trilateral sim- something described as having like trilateral symmetry, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, what we got with the Vildraro is essentially these guys are uh, walking sea anemones. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, uh, the one piece of art we got for them in uh, for uh, Starfinder number eight was just so good <laughs> if you look up Vildor, maybe if you do a little google search on Vildor, image search on Vildoraro, yeah that first one um it's just this pink it's a troll doll hair seeing any hair poking up you got the three eyes sort of spaced semi-equally and then three feet but then it's just wearing this i don't know kind of just like a little tunic or something that just like that to me is what starfinder is kind of all about playing mm-hmm 
something that looks like that and just being oh, yeah. Del Dororo, that's, that's uh, so funny. walking around. Yeah. We, uh, uh eventually the, in the volume nine, uh, uh, um, of the next volume of the adventure path, uh, there's a Vildoraro NPC. And I decided uh, when I was, uh, uh, developing that, that, um, Vildoraros have, uh, uh, names that are like Murloc names from World of Warcraft. Oh. So just like the one in the one in Vimeline is called Murglewer. Um <laughs> just because I thought it was funny and that they because they're kind of you know they're sea creatures so they kind of sound like they're underwater all the time. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. So my number one and um I haven't been playing this one as long I have a society character and a I'm actually actually playing this in the devastation or actual play is hmm. the dragon kin. And Ooh, uh, yeah. so my dragon kin um, is called Leroy. Um, and <laughs> he is a Vanguard, um, which you get a Vanguard that size is very, very powerful. And this is, hmm. again, this is art uh, similar to my uh, tiefling. This is art made by Jacob Blackman specifically for our uh, actual play podcast. Um, you know, I, I like being big and having reach and yeah. uh, being able to fly. Uh, I, I noticed uh, looking through uh, interstellar species, they have some alternative um, feats you can get as a, mm. as a dragon kin. Uh, and one of them is called hurl ally, which yeah, I thought yeah, was we really, that really cool. Yeah, uh, because we do that already. And um, you know, I have a bonded partner who's a halfling. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like, wow, that's really easy to, to kind of one hand it. Um, yeah, so you know, the biggest issue I run in um, into this large uh, creature is uh, getting through five foot wide doors and, <laughs> and you know, hallways and yep. things. Yeah, yeah. And so in the, um, uh, character operations manual, there's a, a new feat called tight fit. Mm. And, uh, that's one that I definitely for large size, uh, <laughs> yeah, creatures, I have to get that just to make it more palatable rather than being entangled <laughs> the whole time and not be able to do anything. So, yeah. yeah so Leroy, yeah. my dragon kin Vanguard is my number one. And I mean, that's the other thing about Starfinder that I think is so great is to now take that the fantasy aspects mm -hmm. of the science fantasy stuff. And I think we knew we wanted to have like playable dragon people early on because it's, it's, I mean, you know, it's not new to, to role-playing games at all. Um, uh, but we also know that we knew that was, they're generally pretty popular and people want to do that kind of stuff. If become a, either, either like do a thing where you slowly become a dragon or, play a kobold and pretend you were right. a dragon yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. or just, I was like, well, let's have dragon kin. Let's have some, some, some bipedal dragon people in there. Um, we had to make them big too, because well, why not? Why not make them big? <laughs> All right. My number one is probably not going to come as much of a surprise uh, to, to maybe listen. I know what it there. is already. Do you know what it is? It's yeah. uh, the Skittermander. Skittermander. Did you know it? No, actually I was going to say, oh, the, what, what, the, what you what? Oh, I just oh yeah, the the bug people. I decided for this one. I feel like I picked a lot of stuff that I wrote last time for adventures. Oh, okay. or, yeah, or yeah, right yeah. now, this is stuff that I've got. I've got personal connections to all of these things, but I didn't yeah. actually write any of the uh, the write ups. 
um uh for the yeah none of the none of the none of those write-ups uh yeah. but skittermander because i mean i've written so many skittermander adventures now that yeah, yeah. i feel like i know a lot about skittermanders um and the uh uh tell you the genesis of skittermanders because that's another interesting story about yeah. starfinders backs stuff um uh, uh skittermanders were originally uh written by crystal fraser the great crystal fraser uh but they were sort of intended to be kind of like the more or less animal companions uh, they were going to be more animalistic, more basically, right? Uh, still had this sort of like weird, uh, 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 um, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, almost like a larval stage where they would eat just about everything and they were little tiny guys, little tongues coming right. out of their yeah. bellies and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, at some point, oh, we got, um, was it Remco Troost who did a, a lot, uh, most of the, stuff the covers uh for starfinder early on um kind of said oh draw dragonkin there's your dragonkin on there uh draw the another thing and then like just draw something two things that we knew where they were and then a third thing that he got to make up basically so he drew the sort of original concept of the skittermanders which appear on the first cover uh, the cover of the first alien archive and then uh james sutter decided that at some that would be he would he met he's like oh that that's a great name for what those are. Let's make those things, you know, these little guys with a bunch of arms and different colors. Uh, and so uh, we had to tweak the, the, what they were in, in the development process. And um, I was pretty, I, I feel like I was instrumental in, in sort of steering them towards what they kind of are today. Um, and so uh, uh, they um, <laughs> be, kind of got away from me, I think a little bit there uh, more. So I didn't realize they would be that sort of, you know, as popular as they are, but I just like, it was sort of like, well, we got to come up with something that's maybe a little iconic. And it was like, yeah. well, it could be, these guys could be ghoulies essentially, you know, they could be like more goblins and be right. chaos driven people. But I was like, I don't want to get into that again. Cause we already have space, we have space goblins. Let's do something different. Right. Um, and so we sort of like, what if they were just, helpful what if they were just like amelia bedelia's yeah to the nth degree to the point where they don't even realize that they've been conquered or they don't care or they just don't they just don't have a centralized government or a, any kind of respect real uh, for authority in, in in a way that seems so uh that, that would be uh, uh just frustrating the people who are like all all authority um and so from there we we sort of made them they 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 vary whether or not how annoying they are depending on who's playing them i guess and uh mm -hmm. uh they're not quite you know i don't want to put them in the same category as uh as like kinder which are also could be annoying to play but like right. they kind of have that they have a little bit of that people who want to be the mischievous character um in, in that vein um and uh uh then writing the first free rpg day adventure where you play the skittermanders and coming up mm -hmm. with a lot of like what do skittermanders like and having all this i think we've talked about this a little bit um having the meeting about like well how do they talk and what do they you know whether they have sports do they have sayings do they have slang words and 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 really coming up with that stuff so i have been sort of uh have them they're they're, they're near and dear to my heart those those skittermanders you know it, it's funny i also put down some honorable mentions mm -hmm. and one of them again a skittermander i played um oh is my honorable mention here. So I have a Skidmander envoy named Sam Jacks. And unlike your typical uh, envoy or Skidmander, he helps by yelling at you and, <laughs> and, and to get stuff done. <laughs> in a, but, in a uh, real Arlie Ermery kind of way? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's kind of not the typical skitter man. That's great. Yeah, in that in that form. Uh, but yeah, so that was that was kind of my honorable mention on that. Do you, do you have an honorable mention? I would. Yeah. Well, let's say my honorable mentions are all of the guys that I created. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> your Bantrids, your yeah. uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Jirani, uh, the, um, the weird, uh, I, I made up this name and I can barely pronounce it myself, Sasyanoid, um, Sasyanoid. Uh, uh, those those came from the the fact that like when you, sometimes when you cut a red pepper down the middle, it kind of looks like a face. That yeah. was the, that was the prompt, uh, the, the visual <laughs> prompt for how, what those were. We actually have a, that, uh, 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 a drawing of one of the, uh, pepper heads uh yeah. on, on my fridge so uh wow. yeah that was those are weirdos uh there's another sort of like um these little dwarf guys called uh ferrons who are were like early on that no one oh, yeah, remembers yeah, yeah. but uh yeah, yeah. yeah there's a little like squ- squished down because of black hole uh gravity right, right. And they're small and guy. gray and yeah. tight yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're almost dwarves but they're one guy smoking a cigar and that's what I yeah but yeah all those guys nice you know, that's what's one of the really cool things about Starfinder is that although there's a lot of humanoid, there's a lot of humanoid mm-hmm. things, um, a lot of a lot of the NPCs and now playable species you run into are, you know, you, you mentioned the Bantridge, you know, we're going through Devastation Arc and it's yeah. kind of talks about that, you know, the history of the Bantridge, where they came from. And it's it's just this nose rolling around, you know. It's just, you <laughs> yep. know, it's like it's so many. Uh, there's so many. Just it, it, we don't think about it, you know, that oh, something can function without hands and and a face and things like that. But in space, yeah, when they're in a completely oh, yeah, different yeah. context, they can be anything. Um, yeah. So many times when you see, uh, you know, even uh, looking through like Star Wars, you know, you know watching Andor, so I um, finally mm-hmm. finished it. You know, so many of the things there are humanoid still. There's just yeah. very humanoid with some big change to it, you know. So, yeah, that's yeah. nice. Bantrids are almost weirder than that even. Uh, but <laughs> I got sort of uh, said, said to take it back a notch. They were just going to be wheel, <laughs> like literally just wagon wheels, essentially. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, that instead around. of having to roll on their wheel all the time, roll on the wheel. Yeah, they were just yeah. wagon wheels, and, and I don't know how that would have worked with the you know physics. But uh, yeah. can you just push them over real easy, and then they're stuck? I don't know. <laughs> so maybe that's why I was told to to, to bring it yeah. bring it back down a notch. Um, yeah, uh, the 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 Star Wars the the old Star Trek joke of you know uh, you're just a human with a little bump on your the ridge of your nose. I mean, yeah. I, what that I feel like that makes it's understandable when you're making making a thing in re- the real world, right? When you've got right. to have actual people put these put this makeup on and and stuff like that, and it's just it's easier to have them be completely bipedal and two arms, two legs, right? Uh, but uh, when you're in a completely imagination based space like Starfinder, go nuts! We get to go nuts. Yeah, no, that's yeah i i guess you know how do they do with armor and weapons and things you know so just kind of yeah wrapping your that, head around that, that you know they got hand wave that stuff a little bit yeah. in my opinion <laughs> i think that's just that that's why if you're worrying about that you're thinking too hard yeah yeah so so this has been fun again there's zero overlap yeah amazing in our top five it's uh because yeah. i think we have a lot of different criteria which i think brings it from sure. you know yours is like from a design perspective mine's from having played them perspective 
And I tried to pick things that were not like just kind of really, really basic, but I'll have to say that probably all the things I picked are fairly common, you know, that players are picking for, for a variety of reasons. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, there's also like all the stuff I picked is weird and often have like maybe weird stat bonuses and it's just not as optimized or what have you. And that's, that's fine. Because sometimes you have those characters out there that are just weird. There's Oh, God, there's so many now. I've just thought of like four others that are also weird and I could have picked. Well, you know, one of the things I'll say is for any of our listeners, if they have a favorite that they they playable species, you know, just kind of post up. Um, somebody yeah. posted on Facebook. You can also post on our uh, YouTube channel when the video gets posted. Or you can post on uh, the discussion on the No Direction uh, Discord as well. Yeah, I'm kind of curious um, other things that uh, other playable species people like to play and kind of why, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, I, I don't see like, I, I don't see a lot of way out um, in the games I run. And I'm kind of curious if there are some people that all they do is play like the, what's the most way out, you know, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, for next time, uh, what do you want to do? Let's do another top five. But what do you want to do? Let's do, do another top, top five. five. Uh, what do you think? Uh, some other some other game elements we could do spells, spells, spells. spells. Everyone loves um, magic. I know you talked about spells. You know, I think one of our um, one of our listeners mentioned picking feats. Mm. Um, and and I think if we do it, either one of those spells or feats, that they shouldn't be kind of standard everyday. Oh, everybody has to have this. So, sure. You know, yeah. For an example. Um, I think like mobility is like super important for a lot of things, you know, makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's pretty basic, but I think there's a lot of other ones that are way out there. Similarly yeah. for, for certain spells like magic missiles, like it seems like everybody might take that if they can kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, let's think about those two and we'll surprise people. We'll have one of those two topics yeah. next time. Well, tune in, find out. Right. Well, I'm John. And I'm Jason, and this has been Digital Divination.